Hello and welcome to the Ocean Rowing Club podcast, where each week I will talk to a past ocean rower to get their unique view on the ocean rowing experience. My guest this week is one of the oldest female rowers, Diane Carrington. Hi Diane, please introduce yourself. Hi, it's Di here, Di Carrington, and I'm now nearly 66. I rode the Atlantic in the winter of 2017-2018. I live in Shropshire, a land, the biggest landlocked county, so did all my training on the River Severn, mostly. And I was in a team of three ladies called Atlantic Ladies. Uh, three of us um, started off as a four and we changed to become a three. We lost somebody um, who had to drop out just before we shipped our boat. Our crossing was the normal east-west route and it took us 60 days, 18 hours and 34 minutes. We had the worst weather the race has ever experienced. Um, we were part of the Talisker Whiskey Atlantic Challenge lot, which was uh, a supported crossing. And it's the only row I have done. I couldn't row beforehand, so uh, this was a huge challenge for me. We'll start with the big one. Why did you want to row an ocean? My reason for rowing an ocean is probably quite an unusual one. Um, when I reached 60, I hit a real all-time all low in my life. I'd already, at the age of 55, lost my job due to total burnout and was on, on medication for anxiety, depression and sleeping tablets. I was working hard to recover from that. But in the winter that I was 60, which was a, a milestone and a half for me, I had two very close relatives uh, diagnosed with advanced cancer. So my life just went down a plug hole. I had a really good friend who lived in Scotland and she'd just seen the Yorkshire Rose row across the Atlantic and told me that we needed to do something. So I just grabbed the chance and said, right, let's do that. Let's row an ocean. Let's be the oldest women. Let's be over 60s, the over 60s female crew that row an ocean. So I just picked it up, ran with it and didn't look back. I couldn't row. I knew nothing about ocean rowing boats, so I was on a complete and utter it, in a naive starting block, but totally, totally fueled and passionate. So that was when I was 60, and I actually did the row uh, the winter that I was 62. So were there any barriers stopping me do it? Well, as far as I was concerned, age wasn't a barrier. Age to me is just a number. Um, 60 was not going to be something to stop me doing it. I wasn't working. I didn't have much income. I suppose those could have been barriers, but I didn't let them, it stop me. I couldn't row. <laughs> I didn't even realise that a rowing boat uh, went backwards, as it were. You faced the wrong way. Uh, so that was quite cute, really, that I didn't know that. I loved water, so that was in my favour. I had no idea where you got a rowing boat from, um, an ocean rowing boat. So, so that was an interesting challenge. We even went to the Southampton Boat Show thinking we'd pick one off a shelf there. <laughs> I look back and think that's really quite funny. <laughs> but no, nothing was going to stop me. Uh, nothing was going to get in my way. I'm a very determined, tenacious, passionate, enthusiastic person. So I was up for this. Nothing was going to stop me. I started to learn to row. I joined our local, uh, it's called Shropshire's Shropshire Adventure Rowing Club. So we row, rowed Celtic boats, which are coastal boats. We rowed those up and down the River Severn. And I did this 
Every Tuesday night for the whole year and a half before doing the Atlantic, we would row for three hours up the river and then down. And um, I was in a boat with men who just thought I was a laugh going to row the Atlantic. So they they used to really whip me into rowing hard. And actually to row the open boats as I did for me was a much better training than rowing a river fine boat, which was far too wobbly and far too fine a skill. There was no comparison. The Celtic boats were much more nearer to an ocean rowing boat. So I had a lot of fun doing that. And we did it in the dark. We did it in snow, rain, frost, heat, all weathers. It was great training. Tell us the top three highlights of your crossing. It's very difficult to pick out three highlights of our crossing. I think probably the first one was an amazing night at the end of January. Um, I think it was the 30th of January. And we had the most incredible moonrise. It was a super moon. It was a blue moon. And it came out of the sea behind us as if it was a fire. And I remember Sharon and I just looking at it and just our expletives were just, oh, they were just amazing. It was diff- We tried to take photographs, but it, we just couldn't capture the incredible impressiveness of it. That, that was incredible. Another highlight. I might have four here. Another highlight was when we saw some space debris coming down from the sky towards Africa one morning as dawn was breaking. It was like a big shooting star that went green and it kept going and going and going. And we remember thinking, I wonder if Africa is being invaded. We had no idea what was going on out at sea there. So that was quite fun. The next big highlight for me was when my husband told me on the sat phone one evening that he was going to come to Antigua to meet us. This was something we hadn't planned for because he was due to have treatment in February and didn't think he would make it. So when he said he was coming, I was just over the moon. And then the final highlight was arriving, having had a terrible last 24 hours to actually get my team and the boat to Antigua safely in one piece. That was just a huge relief. So that was a massive highlight. I mean, there are many others, but those are probably my top ones. What was the hardest part physically and what was the hardest part mentally? I think physically for me, I'm someone who has been on the ocean a lot in a canoe and a sailing boat. And so I was not anticipating such severe seasickness. I was taking Stuggeron and the seasickness was just unbelievable. Um, I've never experienced that. And I could just, it went on for close to a month and I could just feel my muscles wasting away. My strength was ebbing and getting food down me was just a real challenge. I could eat something and just as I was lying down to try and sleep, it would come back. So probably for me, the lack of sleep and the seasickness were the toughest physical things. Mentally, hmm, I'm not sure I've got anything, you know. I was prepared mentally. Um, We'd had good life coaching. I was used to going into challenging situations. And so mentally, uh, no, I can't think anything that was really hard. Probably realising we weren't even halfway when the first boat got in. That, that was a bit of a challenge. Excluding people and pets, which three things did you miss the most while you were at sea? Well, three, three things I missed most. Um, yeah, we could all say we missed people and talking to them. That, that's an obvious one. But if I'm honest, the things I probably missed most was the fresh fruit, eating fresh fruit. That was what I was hungering for most when I got to land. We'd taken a few 
um, Easy Peel oranges with us and they were just ecstasy at the beginning, but we didn't have very many. The other thing I missed a lot was having a dry bed to sleep on in. That was just to lie down on a wet, soggy, salt infested towel was pretty grim. So yeah, dry bed I missed. And probably having... Yeah, probably it's difficult, isn't it? But probably having a shower stood up that was that you could then dry yourself with a soft, fluffy towel. It may sound small, but yes, we could wash, but we didn't have that soft, fluffy towel that dried you afterwards. So they were small things, but I came back appreciating them even more when I got home. How much training did you do before the row? Gosh, I think I probably did rather a lot, probably too much because I I struggled to put weight on. I did two or three three hour rowing sessions a week in the open coastal boats on the River Seven. So that was every week for a whole year and a half plus. I did at least two body pump classes a week. I did a personalized training session with my own personal instructor every week. I had, oh, rather Sharon and I had a team PTI who used to have us work out in his garden or on a local hill. So we did that twice a week as well. I tried to swim. I also did body balance and lots of stretching and twisting because at my age, I didn't want to be the one that was injured. So I worked at being supple. Um, I worked hard to push my strength up basically with weight training and I worked hard to keep my body supple and I worked so hard that my hands were well and truly hardened on the open coastal boats. And I actually think I probably did the right amount. I hate, I, there's no way I, I was getting on a rowing machine. That wasn't going to help me. That was just going to kill my desire to do the row. That probably summarises what I did. Maybe a bit too much because you're not exactly getting out of puff when you're rowing. It's strength and suppleness, really. Did you suffer with any injuries, sores, nasties or sickness? Um, yes, suffered quite a few of those. I suffered seasickness for the first time ever in my life and I could not believe that it went on for so long. I am an ocean person. I've been in the Southern Oceans. I've been, I've sailed across oceans. I've also been a sea canoeist and love rough water, but the seasickness on, on the ocean rainbow was just something else. Probably made worse because of the lack of sleep. So those two together uh, made that bit tough. Injuries. Yeah, we had, um, because the weather was so rough, we had a lot of injuries from the oars, uh, lots of shin bashing, um, which were bruises and open cuts on the shin bones. I've got very thin skin on my shin bones, so my shins suffered badly. Also lots of belly stabs by the oar handle. They were pretty painful, but we just laughed about them. I had a nasty oar handle hit me one rough day on my eyebrow, which gave me my first ever black eye, which was quite quite amusing and quite impressive, and made me feel very vulnerable suddenly because we were a long way from land, and I that was a bit of a, a scary moment. It, there was no harm, but you just never know. I mean, I was aware that it could have led on to concussion, perhaps, but uh, as it was, I was okay. My bum was terrible. My bum was very sore. I lost all the muscle in my bum. And as we bounced around on very rough water, bouncing from side to side, the sit bones got so badly bruised that it hurt. And 
to row more than two hours was just impossible. It was just too painful. I had such horrendous sores on my butt. I had to keep checking them every, every shift to make sure they weren't getting infected. And they were caused because we were wet 24-7 for the first two weeks or more. And it didn't really improve from there on. But I used the wrong baby wipes. I used perfume baby wipes, which was a big mistake. Hands, they were okay. Um, feet and hands were... The f- I, my feet were okay because I wore drainable trainers, but one team member in the group didn't wear trainers and she got burnt, which was nasty. Um, my hands um, were well and truly calloused before I started. The only thing I suffered with on my hands was because we were so wet. I didn't wear gloves, but we were so wet that all the calluses went white and soft and they peeled off and ended up in all sorts of interesting places. But there was nothing we couldn't manage. I, I didn't have to take any painkillers for any of these things. So there was nothing mega, really. It was all just part of the thing you expect. Can you pick three songs which remind you of the row? My goodness, music-wise, I played um, so much music. I had iPod shuffles full and some of them just went round and round. I loved them. Music kept me going. Probably the two that spring, I can only think of two that spring to mind. I can't think of a third one because there were so many. But Bridge Over Troubled Water, funnily enough, was one that... that did kind of, uh, does when it's played, does rather conjure up memories. Another one we that would conjure up memories would be celebrations because we played that. Sharon dressed up when we hit a thousand miles and came out singing celebrations. Uh, so that one would bring me back to the row. And probably lastly, the um, the music that was playing when we arrived in Antigua, which was We Are the Champions. And it just felt so good to have such an amazing song saying that we were champions. Because I didn't think of myself like that, but it was it was just a fun song. But music, yeah, there's lots of songs that bring it back. Those are probably my top three. Did you suffer with any post-adventure blues? Yeah, that's a difficult question. Post-adventure blues. Um, I, I, I didn't have blues as such, but I did have replays of certain things that happened that I was uncomfortable with. I think the best way I dealt with all of that, anything that was negative was dealt with because I wrote a book. I wrote a book which is called Atlantic Lady. And by writing that and getting a good friend to edit it, I was able to put down everything that was was still troubling me, that had troubled me and that was replaying in my head. And my friend was great because she edited out the bits that needed to be edited. And at the same time, it allowed me to write them down. I, it was very cathartic. What I can say, yeah, it was cathartic to write a book. I did go on and publish it. As I say, it was called Atlantic Lady. I went on to publish it. I think if I hadn't done, it would have still helped because writing it down and getting somebody to edit it and to cut out the really bad bits that perhaps the public that should be kept on boat on the boat is a helpful thing to do. So I would encourage anybody to have a go at that um, if they're struggling or to talk to another ocean rower. I have done that as well. I've talked to another ocean rower who was incredibly understanding, as was the life coaches that we had. Sharon and I went and met our life coaches afterwards, and they were very, very helpful and helped us through some of our mental troubles. Yeah, that they were priceless, actually. What advice do you have for future ocean rowers? Ah, 
that there's so much you could advise on. I think immerse yourself into the ocean rowing world. Read the books that people have written. Read any of them. They'll all help you. Immerse yourself into the groups that are available. For the women, there's the Women's Ocean Rowing Group. Talk to people who have rowed. Definitely talk to people. I did that long before I committed to it. Put yourself into life-threatening situations so that you know you'll cope when things get life-threatening. I think if you can cope with a life-threatening situation, you'll cope with anything on the ocean. Make sure you do all the courses in good time. Make sure you've got all your kit organised. Go through it like with a fine-tooth comb. Pack it carefully on the boat. Know exactly where it all is. Don't take too much. We had far too much on our boat. And I'm not finger pointing, but for someone to be taking five deodorants, you don't need deodorants. You literally need minimal stuff. Talk to somebody and ask them what they actually needed and used. Find out what you really do need. Otherwise, your boat will be like um, a huge suitcase, which is far too heavy. Hardening your hands up is a really good thing. I My hands were really calloused and hard, so I had no blisters whatsoever which was quite a relief because I think if you had blisters on the ocean, it probably would be really painful rowing. Don't use perfume baby wipes like I did. That was the worst thing I did. Use just water or water wipes and wash every shift to get the salt off. Oh, definitely talk to people, ask people questions, ask anything. Nothing is too silly to ask. Food-wise, try out lots and lots of different types of food. The food we had, I the food that I had particularly had, had for my meals, there wasn't enough variety. So because I'd been sick so much, each meal that came back up, I didn't want to eat again. So there was not many much choice for me to enjoy. So go for huge variety or be sure you're going to be able to enjoy what you take. Uh, test it out. Make sure you get out there rowing in rough conditions if you can and test out that you, you can eat this food. Oh, definitely immerse yourself in the lovely ocean rower family. We're all friendly. No, don't be afraid of asking questions. And finally, would you do it again? Did I do it again? <laughs> Why would I need to do it again? I've done it once. I've proved I can do it. I've proved to myself I can do it. It's not something I don't want to do again, but I don't see a need. I also can't afford it. I, I used up all my life savings on it because our sponsorship was absolutely appalling. So I am absolutely penniless now. Not that I mind because I am rich and very, very rich from the experience of doing it. And I wouldn't swap that for anything, but I am pretty penniless. So to afford to do it again is is a non-starter. I can't see a reason for doing it again. I, I probably, the only reason I might do it again is if Sharon asked me to, she was my buddy on the boat and became my best buddy. I might do it with her. I've also, another good reason for not doing it is, bear in mind I'm 66, my finger joints are now suffering with 60 days of rowing. And whilst I am able to manage them and treat them, I, I just wonder what they'd be like after another trip across an ocean. Yeah, I, um, I always question why would somebody do it again? Hmm, good luck if they do, but you know, no, it's not for me. 
Massive thank you to Diane for sharing her story and all of her advice and for learning how to do voice recording. It's never too late to try something new. Diane has a book called Atlantic Lady, so if you would like to know more about her journey, then go and buy her book. If you are an ocean rower and would like to share your story, get in touch theoceanrowingclub at gmail.com or via Instagram at theoceanrowingclub. If you are enjoying the podcast, don't forget to rate, review and give it five stars on Apple Podcasts, like, share and recommend to all your friends. And don't forget to join us again next week when I'll be talking to a two times ocean rower and we take our first trip around Great Britain. Toodle pip!